You're listening to KKSI Presents, brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. Welcome to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs and Fellow Band Nerd. This podcast is designed to fill you in on the latest fraternal news, to connect you with ideals from around the nation, and to add that extra bit of brotherhood to your everyday. Hey, brothers, and welcome back to KKSI Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be a part of this production. Of course, though, I could not do all this on my own. I have some pretty amazing help from our national communications team, our student advisory committee, and a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSI Presents. So for all of those of you who are returner listeners, welcome back and thank you for your support. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show and we really appreciate you joining us. This podcast is brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity. And the purpose of this series is to provide you some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, to simply showcase and highlight the voices of the brotherhood in a hopefully entertaining fashion. So today's guest is joining us all the way from the NED. Um, as VPSA, I make it a priority to keep tabs on all the great work that our students and our members are doing. Uh, and this brother has caught my eye time and time again. So I'm really excited to hear more. So let's go ahead and turn it over to our guest. Can you please tell our listeners more about yourself? Sure, sure, sure. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Jordan Barnes. Um, I'm from the the IOTA Zach chapter at Norfolk State University. It's in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, this is my senior year in college. Um, my area of study is history and social science with a minor in secondary education. Um, and my instrument is primarily clarinet. Um, secondary is saxophone. And I guess you could say my third one in the track is trumpet. Awesome. So fellow woodwind player. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Jordan, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, So, you know, as we're going through this podcast, you know, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and, um, you know, just love to hear more about your experience. Um, So my, my first question for you is how did you get started in music and band? Okay. Okay. Good question. Um, So how, I'm going to break it into two answers. So how did I get started in music? Um, It actually started in uh, church. Um, I was called a PK. uh, For those who don't know what that is, that's a preacher's kid. Um, My dad is a preacher. So music was always around me from a very young age. Um, No, specifically gospel. uh, also what you would call Negro spirituals. Uh, I heard a lot of those growing up. <laughs> um, so a lot of, a lot of um, vocal performances was always around me. A lot of um, instrumentals, uh, including percussion, um, piano, organ, uh, saxophone from time to time. Um, so that's how I started with music. Um, and then for band, again, was my dad. Uh, I found out in fifth grade, actually, before I started uh, band, my dad played clarinet. So he told me about his experience. I was like, oh, wow, let me be like my dad. 
So that's how I picked up the clarinet. Um, and it kind of took off from there. So I played clarinet for about five to six plus years. Um, also, my older brother played uh, percussion. Um, I had a little trombone on trombone. <laughs> and uh, lastly, my stepbrother uh, played bass clarinet in middle school. And we were very close in age, so I was kind of trying to be like him as well. So that's how I started my uh, Korean band. I actually didn't start uh, marching band until high school. So, Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, especially the uh, the part about um, you know your certain music with tying in sort of that that cultural aspect and tying that in with your family. Um, I think you know that really shows how deep music um, does play into a lot of people's lives and how it goes beyond just college band. Um, but also helps us get a, a, a bigger picture about, you know, what music and what band does for our lives uh, and us as individuals and really bringing people and communities together. So I love that. And I'll also even say, you know, with clarinets, I think clarinets get a bad rap overall. But I will say um, I've seen this video of this woman down in New Orleans that we, you know, sometimes sometimes it recirculates on social media and she's playing all these high notes and it's just like incredible. And I went down to New Orleans uh, a couple of years ago and I saw her live and I was just like, oh my gosh, celebrity sighting, um, you know, clarinet player. Uh, so wonderful, wonderful stuff. So Great, great. No, um, really appreciate you sharing that with us. Now, if we, if you don't mind, we're going to shift a little bit to KK Sai. Can you tell us a little bit more about your start in KK Sai and what you're doing for your chapter? Sure, sure, sure. So, um, I started in Kappa Kappa Sai uh, in 2018. Um, I was part of the uh, Alpha Delta class membership class in my chapter at Norfolk State University. Um, my class was. Um, a total of 10 people. So that was me along with nine of my other brothers. Um, and shortly uh, after joining, my whole class hit the ground running. Um, uh, we had a bit of a shortage at that time. So we was kind of uh, the rebirth uh, of the chapter. So shortly after joining, I became the vice president. Um, and that was a uh, that was interesting to uh, to do coming off of you know just learning what Kappa Kappa Psi was, but it was I can definitely say I appreciated it because it allowed me to get to work right away, and I had a uh, a deeper impact or a greater impact coming right off of uh, joining. Um, but currently, I serve as the chapter president. Um, and of course, my focus is to um, is to strengthen the professionalism of the chapter, um, to increase the knowledge of the fraternity. Um, as we, we tend to focus on the historical aspect, but I want to kind of include the business aspect too. Um, as far as learning the different uh, different positions, um, how they work, uh, you know, how to actually carry out the business of the fraternity, and also to 
just in general better serve our um, band program. That's incredible. No, I, I definitely appreciate the, you know, we really think about our, our motto and really think about, you know, how we, the impact that we have as brothers, the impact that we have as individuals, not only, um, you know, on the people around us, but really the people that will follow in our legacy and our footsteps. And sometimes I think students um, don't consider or may not know about the, the, the legacy and the impact that they're leaving and just, you know, shifting a culture from one of this beyond, beyond just, you know, a group of people to a group of individuals who are professional, who are, you know, striving for the highest, who are pushing, you know, the boundary of, of their college bands of, of each other. I think, I mean, just, I, I, have no doubt that when you, as an alum, you know, when you become an alum, when you look back, that you'll be very proud of the work that you've done. And, and I'm hoping um, through these conversations that, you know, some of our listeners, our students will start to reflect on their time and, you know, the impact that they did. And I, I think it's really incredible because when you look at, you know, acts in history that has caused great change and, 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 you know, movements in life, you know, no act is too small. You know, there's no really such thing as, as a small act. If, if you were doing something that is beneficial to your brothers, to your chapter, to your college university band program, that act is a good thing. Like it should never be seen as too small. You know, we look at someone, you know, for example, um, Rosa Parks and, you know, her small yet very brave act of not wanting to give up her seat that enacted and that inspired huge change that inspired huge action and, 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 and riots. So like, I mean, you really think about our students and, you know, if you're not holding a position, um, if you are a student that is, uh, that is newer or you're about to graduate and you're like, uh, you know, I'm not doing too much. So I'm just going to give up. No, like really assess, like your actions do matter and your legacy and your impact will most likely last longer than you think. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, as, as, Many of us know and, and, and see, uh, you know, I was very, very um, happy to have been at NED convention where, where you were elected. Could you tell us a little bit more about what you do for the NED, what your role is, and, and you know, what are some of your goals? Okay, okay. Um, good question. Uh, so, yes, that convention was, or that election process specifically was a roller coaster for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, currently I'm serving as the uh, historian slash alumni liaison. Um, this is a very um, traditional position. Uh, so I am in charge of both the historical aspect of the district and um, kind of engaging the alumni with the current brothers in the district as well. Uh, simply put, you know, as a historian, I'm in charge of serving as a um, as a guy, as a mentor, or simply an advice giver, for lack of better ways, to uh, chapter historians on how to how to be a historian, how to uh, better serve their chapter as a historian. Um, but in a general sense, I'm in charge of sharing that NED history with the brothers, um, both when we convene, but also 
Um, one thing that we have done is kind of expose that history in a um, online format. So recently we have just um, launched our new website. So that my job in that process was compiling uh, historical data for the brothers to actually um, see when it comes to how the NED was uh, founded or developed uh, information such as where was the district conventions held, um, who were the top chapter uh, recipients and things of that nature. Also, uh, the past presidents and council members um, so all of that is considered historical data for our district, um, for alumni uh, relations or liaison. Um, I engage with the alumni as far as uh, engaging local alumni associations. Um, for example, my chapter, Iota Zai, has a, alum, a local alumni association. Um, I believe Morgan State has a local alumni association as well as... Um, there's actually one in New York. It's the New York Metro Local some local Alumni Association. So I'm in charge of engaging those trying to, uh, I guess, help recruit some alumni members that are just graduating, emphasizing um, alumni membership in coordination with the NED Alumni Association and also just highlighting what the local alumni associations do or the NED alumni stations do uh, just to encourage, again, alumni membership and life membership. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, your your district is very much a proud district and you guys have a great and a very deep history of just amazing work and some some very well-known individuals and some fantastic chapters so um i you know I, I feel like a lot of times people assume or think that historians is sort of like one of those like stepping stone positions like oh i'm just i'll i'll kind of hold this position with you know before i go to somewhere else and you know i'm sure some people think that way but again when you really think about it i mean like you are the person that is in charge of curating information to show to the active members to have the district learn more about um the history and you get you guys have such a chalk yeah, such a deep history of, of great success. I mean, you can really learn a lot from that. You can learn a lot of what not to do, um, you know, things that, you know, you should be striving for. So I think, you know, what you're doing is incredible. So, so keep on, keep on doing what you're doing there. So, um, no, you know, it's sort of, I guess the next one's sort of a fun question here. What is, if you had to pick one favorite part about KKSI, what would that part be? Ooh, that is a fun question. Um, and as much as, you know, the fraternity office is hard to pinpoint, you know, what is your favorite, but I can honestly and genuinely say that uh, the opportunity to meet new brothers is my favorite um, part. And it's kind of ironic to say because I'm not, uh, I'm not the type of person that'll be in the spotlight, but um I can definitely say this is something that interests me. Um, just the opportunity to engage with other brothers and 
really learn about their experiences. Uh, you know, how did they join? Why did they join? Um, what is something that your chapter does different that my chapter may not do? Um, you know, just really learning the different aspects of brothers' individualistic experiences. Um, and really, that's personally, that's what I constitute as uh, lifelong educational experiences. I consider that being educational, being that I learn about, you know, things different about the fraternity from a, from my peer standpoint, rather than um, an alumni or an officer standpoint. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, I, it's, it's, you know, when we really look at KSI, I mean, it's kind of unique in a way because, you know, we're a fraternity, we're not a social fraternity, we're a band fraternity, but we do so much more and we're not just a service fraternity. We're not just, you know, like we, we check different boxes, but those, you know, like not just do that, but like it goes so much deeper because kind of like what we're talking about before um, and earlier was talking about, you know, the impact that music, the impact that band has on our lives and just like what we're doing to promote band in general and just to really show people that, you know, being a musician, being a leader looks a lot different, may look a lot different than what society expects us to look like. So incredible, incredible stuff there. Um, okay, great. So, um, this is going to be a little bit deeper of a question. Um, you know, we just talked about your favorite part. So the next one here is what does music mean to you? So, you know, I, I know earlier you mentioned your family and, you know, spiritual and all that, but, you know, I, I would love to hear more about what music means to you as an individual specifically, you know, really as, as a brother from an HBCU, um, a brother who you, you, like you said earlier, maybe not be so in the spotlight, maybe not so extroverted. So what does music mean to you? Yes. And, um, <laughs> honestly, that is a, that's a difficult question to answer. Um, being that, you know, music can mean so many things. Um, and I can only speak on my personal experience. So, uh, for lack of better words, I consider music to mean or to be, uh, a game changer. And what I mean by that is music has the power to shift any environment that you may be in. Um, and I tend to gauge that in the emotional aspect. Um, you know, music can alter moods at any point in time, at any time, and um, at any place, um, you know, because music is, as we all know, a universal language. So music can turn a hostile situation, a hostile environment into a peaceful and loving environment um, and that can happen and um, that can happen in the United States, that can happen in Mexico, that can happen in Japan, that can happen in Europe, in Africa. It doesn't matter where that's, where the music is being played. The, I believe that the power of it to be a game changer is still in, is still effective. 
So that's what I believe music means to me, to be a game changer. That's awesome. I, I've never heard it put that way. And I, I think that is, I mean, really inspiring to talk about the, not only, you know, the personal impact, but also the impact overall that music can, can have um, on expanding, you know, people's horizon, but also bringing people together to solve um, potential issues, to, to close a gap between, you know, different parties. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, like it just really ties in a much deeper and more intrinsic um, level for people who come from different backgrounds. And, and I think that moving forward, as we're looking at, uh, on how we move into the next hundred years of KKSI and how to solve the problems that we have and, and, and to do a better job. And I think we can all agree um, on what, you know, whatever you think about KKSI, we can always do better. We can always speak. I mean, that, I mean that, that's, that's what our motto is to strive for the highest. We can always do better. And I think doing better through music and really taking the time to reflect on how we can do better is just, again, incredible stuff. So with that being said, you know, how has college band and KKSI affected your life? It's, it's honestly, I can say changed not me entirely, but majority of myself has changed in the way I operate now. Um, and that's not a bad thing either. Um, I can definitely say it taught me so many life lessons um, and helped me mature as I'm matriculated at um, Norfolk State University. I can say that it taught me um, lessons such as accountability, um, you know, patience, uh, dedication to have confidence in myself, um, you know, to have love for my fellow bandsmen. Um, I can definitely say at my university and our band program, we definitely um, consider each other family. Um, you know, even going as far as calling each other brother and sister, um, you know, it's that deep of a that deep of a bond. Um, and these lessons, I believe, can be um, translated into my career path. Uh, you know, having the patience to, you know, deal in a hostile or cutthroat environment or career field. Um, you know, having that accountability to actually uh, take responsibility for my actions, whether it's good or bad, and learning to uh, develop solutions um, to better fix what I'm trying to um, endure, uh, the dedication to stay committed to my craft and becoming a better person, a better, uh, a better musician, or um, even a better employee. Uh, and definitely confidence. Confidence was the biggest one I could say. Um, not necessarily saying that I was I wasn't confident in myself or that I didn't want to share uh, I guess my talents with my peers. It was more of not being afraid to try something new and still having that same confidence. Um and, you know, being able to actually step up to a leadership position and saying that, hey, I can do this. You know, I was chosen for a reason or I selected for a reason. 
um, and that I'm not afraid to, you know, fail in a certain situation, but keep it going to where I can produce a a good product or a better product. Yeah, I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, I think so often, I mean, there are so many good nuggets in what you just said. So thank you very much. Um, a lot to unpack there. So for those of you listening, take some notes. Um, you know, I, I think uh, two of the biggest things I, I got from from that that I really connect with is one, we have to really consider progress over perfection. As individuals, as musicians, as creators, we have to do what we, we do best, which is to create, to be innovative, to, to be the, you know, the, the color of the world that some, sometimes tends to be too black and white. And it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail forward, fail fast, fail forward. And, you know, really kind of trying to shift our mindset from, from being afraid to fail to let me try something and learn how not to do it and then work on getting there, work on striving for that progress rather than perfection. And the second thing I think um, is that we are all, as individuals, as chapters, as a fraternity, we are all unfinished pieces of work. That as we're continuing to mold, to sculpt, sculpt to, to write, you know, our, our songs, our pieces, we're continuing to develop ourselves. Like we're, we're never going to truly be finished works. And as we are spending time with each other, you know, there's time where we need to reflect. There's times where we need to fail, where we need to celebrate, where we need to shut up and listen. Um, and there's times where we need to, to, to step up, you know, and at the end of the day, it's about what progress are you making? What are you doing to, to work on yourself? And, you know, also what are you doing to, to give back? Um, so yeah, lots of incredible things in there. So thank you so much. Um, I think this is a, a, an okay question. Um, but I think that with, with your experience, I'm really interested to hear, uh, you know, what is that one piece of advice that you would share with freshman Jordan? You know, what's the one thing you wish you had known before going into college? Um, okay. Okay. Uh, and I really have to think about this. Um, I would say, well, two things, two things. So advice to freshman me, I would say, uh, put your best foot forward the first time. Um, and you know, that's really many don't be afraid to show yourself off. Um, not necessarily in an arrogant way, but to say that, you know, I earned where I am. Um, and then number two, what I wish I would have known was that uh, experience is the best teacher. So, um, again, that's going back to the trial and error um trial and error method of, you know, failing and trying again, not being afraid to fail. Um, and just to overall accept the fact that I don't know everything, so I can't expect to 
perfect, perfect everything or, you know, just be perfection the first time. So it's just a matter of growing every day and not, not being afraid to fail. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And again, again, it goes back to kind of reiterates the point of, you know, progress over, over perfection. And we're, we're never going to be ever going to be there, but we can always continue to work to take a moment to reflect and see what can I do better. And I think that sometimes we want to do everything at once. We want to, we want, we want to solve the world. We want to fix all the problems, which is great. Like I, that's what is really so inspiring and touching about the people that we surround ourselves with and we, that we call brothers is that I think we're all leaders in very, very unique ways. We bring so much to the table in such a you know diverse sense. Um, but yeah, progress over perfection and, and just focusing on what's that one thing I can do better. What's, you know, what's the one thing that I can, I can do to help myself get back on the path. So incredible stuff. So I really, really appreciate, you know, I've asked you a lot of questions and you've given so many nuggets, good nuggets here. Um, so my last question for you, just kind of wrap up our conversation is, you know, we're about to end 2019 and we're about to start the new year. What is your biggest goal heading into 2020? That's actually interesting that you asked because I actually thought about this uh, either yesterday or the day before. And um, I kind of shared it with my, um, with my friends via social media. I think my biggest goal heading into 2020 is to be more, uh, being more honest um, and goal-driven. Um, with me personally, and that's and when I say honest, I don't mean that in a negative connotation. Um, I believe that as as the saying goes, honesty is the best policy. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily, you know, be nice, nasty, or be, you know, uh, negative when you be honest. You, you can just share it as uh, share it as a concern, or you know, as a brother saying, "Hey, you know, I know you can do better than this." So it's just a matter of being honest with others and myself and um, focusing on the goal. I believe that if you let things slide time and time again, it's going to become a habit. Therefore, the result isn't going to be as grand as you may have thought before. Um, So I think, you know, keeping honesty in your everyday life is my goal. Yeah. No, I, I think that's very, very admirable and very honorable as well. I mean, just you think about it. You I mean, again, we spend so much time with each other's uh, with each other and we call ourselves each other. You know, we call each other brothers and we take these oaths. And I think when we are too afraid to hurt each other's feelings or you know, vice versa, or we don't consider people's feelings at all. Um, so we are either blunt in a way that is, rather than being honest, it's hurtful, or we're too afraid. So then we're just kind of 
beating around the bush or just being avoided overall. I yes. think honesty is such a great, a great way to really think about heading into the new year. Um, and not just with each other, but also ourselves and things that we can do better things that, you know, we, we can, can work on things that we're good at. Um, and just, you know, celebrate that in ourselves as well, because, you know, we, as we, for example, you know, we often talk about, um, and, and diversity, right. We talk we often talk about inclusion in a lot of different things, but, you know, looking at diversity, uh, it's not just about celebrating the similarities, but cel- celebrating the, the differences. And sometimes that comes you know, on your own as well. Like do you, when you look at yourself compared to others, do you just look at what's similar or do you celebrate yourself for, for the, the areas that are different as well? So I think that's incredible. And I, I completely admire that goal for 2020. Um, again, Jordan, thank you so very much for, for joining us today. And on behalf of the fraternity and the national council, we truly appreciate you and admire all that you're doing to promote musicianship leadership and service for Kappa Kappa Psi. And a huge thanks to all of our listeners for joining today. If you like this episode, then please share and suggest our podcast series to another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. And, you know, we do this not to hear ourselves talk. I definitely do not like to hear myself talk. Um, don't like to hear my own voice. Uh, but, you know, we do this to share insight that could be meaningful for you. But we do, we do need your help in finding topics to cover and, and brothers to join me as guests on this show. You are, you know, you are all in such a special position to shape and mold the the path and the trajectory of our fraternity. And, you know, we always talk about a seat at the table. Like this is an opportunity for brothers to, to share their thoughts and opinions and to, to learn from each other. So please reach out. Uh, if you do have suggestions, um, you can reach me at bonco at kksi.org. That's B-A-N-G-C-O at kksi.org. And thanks again for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonco, your host, and I wish you all much love today. And as always, A-E-A. In seinen Armen, das kind.